Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, God does some great things. God is good. Greet somebody in Jesus' name. I'm so glad you're here. Let's pray for the rest to wake up early in the morning. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Well, today we're going to continue in our part two of CPR. And so we're going to believe God to do a great work in you and through you as you learn to live this new year, this new year in a new way. Amen? Right, Avon? Amen. God is good, and he wants to do something in us and through us and around us. We just got to say, God, give me ears to hear, heart to understand all that you want to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's go before Father. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. You do marvelous things. And Lord, help us to have eyes to see all that you do and how you do it. Help us to be your light and your salt, to illuminate your love, God, to all that who are around us. And Lord, may your power of your spirit penetrate hearts. And Lord, will you just help us to be your agents for such a time as this. Now, Lord, we open our hearts to worship you because there is none like you. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. let's worship the Lord. This morning, I want to talk to you about CPR. How many have ever performed CPR? Okay, okay. How many, sometimes you get up in the morning, you needed, you think you needed CPR? The CPR that we're talking about right now, most people think about, is cardiopulmonary resuscitation, and it really is a part of first aid. And it's a, a technique to use in many situations with heart attacks or near drownings, which someone stops breathing or their heartbeat stops, and so they perform CPR. Now, I want you to understand that that first aid has a purpose. And here's the purpose of first aid, the three Ps of first aid. Preserve life, prevent deterioration, and promote recovery. I want you to get those three because in a sense, in the spiritual realm, God wants to perform CPR on us as well. He wants to pervert, preserve our lives. He wants to pervert, prevent deterioration and promote recovery so you, you can become the strength, uh, you become the person you need to be and the, as strong as God as God's created you to be. Here's the problem, though, that happens so often is that people start to get passive in their Christianity. Uh, people start to like, yeah, yeah, same old, same thing. They come to church not with any anticipation whatsoever or expectation. They come to church simply like, well, it's something I got to do. And in some sense, People stop getting in the rhythm with God. It's like uh, last week we talked about this, our heart rhythm. Boom, 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 boom. When your heart gets off rhythm, something starts to happen to the body, amen? When we get out of rhythm with God, something happens to our soul. Something happens to our spiritual relationship because now we are thinking about other things and we're not thinking about God. We're not in rhythm with God. It's sort of like... When anything gets out of rhythm, you have a guitar player, and if a guitar player gets out of rhythm, everybody in the band's going to know because it's not in sync. There's a powerful portion of Scripture that I like. Listen to this, Isaiah 41.10, fear not. Someone say fear not. Fear not. So now what you're going through, fear not. The Lord says, for I am with you. That should bring you comfort no matter what you're going through. 
we're all going to have seasons. We're all going to have situations and circumstances. We live in a fallen world, but we also understand that we live with a God who's over all things. Greater is he that's in you than what? In the world. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Come on now, give God some praise, for that's a, that's a, that's a portion of Scripture with content. I want you to get this. He says, fear not, for I am with you. There's a promise. When God says, I'm with you, it doesn't mean that when things get rough, he's with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not think of all your own, the way you're thinking about it. You know, the more you think about your own problems, the more you're going to be in dismay. And then he gives us these promises. I am your God. Wow. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. How? With my righteous right hand. That's a promise. So I want you to really grab hold of this because in CPR living, we don't want to stay in rhythm with God is because we forget what God's word tells us. And we'll focus on a problem or we'll focus on a situation and we allow that drain us and we do not allow the word of God to fill us. And so often that happens in life is that we get away from the word of God. People start backsliding and getting out of rhythm with God because, and get out of sync with God because they're not in the word of God. That's a really important. When you look at the word pneuma, meaning spirit, it's also translated as breath. And when God's breath is not breathing into you, your body is going to have problems. Your soul is going to have problems. Your relationship with God is going to have problems. But I love the scripture that I want everybody to memorize, and I was almost going to test you today, but I'm going to test you next week. So you're going to have to do this. Paul's the apostle. One of my life verses is this verse here, here Galatians 2.20. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives. Mm, we'll break this down next week a little bit more. But Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. What? Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, if we go through life, focus on Isaiah and focus on Galatians, and we get this in our hearts, I don't care what problem's going to come your way, you're going to go to the Word of God, and you're going to think of the promise of God will help you. Say this, the promise of God will help me. And say this now, because my God don't fail. Woo! Now, I don't know if that makes you a liver quiver, but I just did mine. God doesn't fail you. He with you. He's in you. He, through, he wants to work through you. And so last week we talked about CPR living and we're taking the life of Daniel and his friends, taking it from Daniel chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Last week we talked about Daniel and Daniel was uh, in a situation and we talked about the three things of CPR that individuals did because they had a relationship with God. They were consistent in their actions. They were persistent in their drive and they were resistant to setbacks or individuals saying, it can't be done. It's like what they told Noah. I'm going to build an ark because it's going to rain. What's rain? See, sometimes God has us in, in places that we just don't understand. But we're going to be, I want you to get this in you that God wants you to be consistent in your actions. Persistent in your drive 
and resistant to setbacks because we're all going to be challenged throughout the new year with these three things. And how we're going cons- to be consistent and how we're going to be persistent and how we're going to be resistant is a choice in every aspect of our life. So last week, Daniel won. Daniel resolved to not to defy himself, to eat of the royal food and the drink. And so he was consistent in his actions. And, and so he recognized, he said, I'm not going to do this. And he found the way. He was persistent. And he went up to, the, went up to one of the uh, leaders, uh, the soldier that was over him, and said, hey, listen, I, I want you to do a test. Uh, I don't want to eat this food, but I want you to do a test. If we could do this test and we pass this test, all we want to do is eat vegetables. He was persistent. He just didn't give up. Well, we're in a strange land. We're slaves. And, you know, he chose not to defile himself. He was consistent. He was the same person when he was home than when he was in a foreign land. Being consistent, your place of where you are, whether you're at work or you're at home, there should be no difference in who you are. Hello. Someone should have said amen. Amen. Too late. (laughs) there should be no different no matter where you are because where you are so is christ and so we should not be we talked about the chameleons uh, last week and if you haven't listened to the message last week go to part one so you get the laying of the foundation of where we're heading and daniel was consistent and he was persistent he didn't give up he tried to find a way he he gained knowledge gained understanding and then said he give us the test and then all of a sudden, a little resistance, like, hey, the guy said, listen, if the king sees you looking really bad, <laughs> there goes my head. Daniel pressed it through. And even though the guard that was over him didn't want to do it, God gave favor. And at the end, they were 10 times more, and the list went on, better. God gave them favor. Someone say, God gave favor. I want you to get this in your heart and lay this foundation Choices pave a road you will travel. Your choice. Choices always comes first because from that choice will, will lead you to what your commitment is. And then from your choice comes commitment, and that's going to produce something. That's going to produce a change of action, and a change in that action is going to develop your character, and your character is going to breed convictions, and that biblical convictions is what we're talking here now. Your convictions in God is going to produce contentment and strength with a heart of praise bringing honor to God there's a process people say well I want to be content there's a process you need to go through to be content if you want to be committed you got to have to choose it's a choice and then you got to be committed to it people say I love God I said well when's the last time you've been in church well I haven't been in church in three years well God says forsake not the gathering together there is a reason why God created the church it's to build each other up Iron shoppings. And so <laughs> it's so important, so important to understand that iron shoppings iron. And in that case, we need each other. That's why the body is a body. A body works together. When the one, you hurt your fingernail, what hurts? What happens when you hit your fingernail? Your whole body's in pain, isn't it? So when one hurts, we all hurt. So this is important. That's why God gave the concept. God knows we need each other. So let's go ahead and jump to this this week's lesson that we're, and this is a good one. It's a little long, but bear with me on this one. And someone say, okay, Pastor, go ahead. 
Let's look at consistent. Daniel is consistent in his action. Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream. In the midst, in the mind, was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, the enchanters, and the sorcerers, and the astrologers to tell him what the dream meant. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your house is turned into piles of rubble. That doesn't sound like this is heading in the right direction, does it? But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards of great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. And once more they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it for you, for me. Then it goes on in verse 8. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. Verse 10 is when things get ugly. The astrologers opened their mouth <laughs> and answered the king. There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great or mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. Then the king asked, what the king asked is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they don't live among men. This made the king so angry, so furious, that he ordered the execution of all the wise men in Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. The men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put him to death. And Arioch, the commander of the king's god, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon. Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king officer, why did the king issue such a such degree? A degree. Antioch then explained the matter to Daniel. And at this, Daniel went to the king. Wow. I, 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 want, you, I want you to get this. This is pretty powerful of what took place. The king has this dream. He's not sure, he wants to know what it is, he doesn't trust his enchanters and all those wise men, so he says, listen, if you're going to tell me the interpretation, I want you to know the dream too. Then I can be assured that what you're speaking is going to be true. But when the enchanters and the wise men, the musicians all said, hey, nobody has ever asked this ridiculous request, no matter how great they are, this is just a democrat. The king got so mad and said, that's it, I'm killing everyone. That included people that were here. And most likely, Daniel was not in this meeting. You can give a little of evidence that Daniel was in a meeting because he's not even sure what has taken place and didn't understand why the king even issued such a decree. 
I want you to get something because Daniel, whenever you look at the life of Daniel, Daniel is consistent in his, in his actions. Uh, you won't find Daniel all up in arms. Daniel had an attitude of focus to solution, not focus on the problem. In chapter number one, same thing. He is not focused on the, the, the problem. He is always trying to find a solution. And he's always involved in God. He's consistent in that. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will what? Why is it, why is it when we have problems, when we have situations, circumstances, we're so slow to invite the Lord into it? I, no matter what problem is, I always try to find the right moment I don't just jump to it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to assess a problem. I assess the problem. I look at the situation. And then when I understand things, that's when I know how I can actually pray a little bit better. Daniel does the same thing. He's consistent. He's not going crazy. He is focused on finding solution. He's solution focused. Can I just, can I just say, no matter what 2024 throws your way, don't just go crazy when something happens and, and get all emotionally bent out of shape. Find out the facts. Try to find, try to put some type of things to it so that you can pray a little bit more effectively when you bring the Lord in. This is exactly what Daniel did. He, he went to the very person who has orders to kill him. Now, let's stop for a moment. If, you have, if someone has orders to kill you, do you want to talk to that guy? Oh, hey, save me the problem of going looking for you. Come here. But Daniel goes, talks to the person. God, remember, someone say favor. God's favor was on Daniel. You see it all the time. And God's favor is on you if you're with God. Come on, understand this. If God's favor is with you, you don't have to always be in fear because your big God who rules and reigns over the universe is with you. Amen? So you can go with a confidence, be confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you is going to continue it. Amen? So Daniel goes to the very one who's looking for him and says, hey, listen, um, why was the edict so harsh? And there he gets explanation for it, and he understands it. I want you to get this. This is really important, that Daniel and his friends were going to die but you see Daniel very calm about it. And you don't see him going to the, the officer and saying, man, I can't believe the king did this, and start complaining. You're definitely not going to see him protest. <laughs> you know, it, it, I want you to get this. He went and just to try to find out what's really going on. And that's exactly, and he found out. And then he asked to see the king. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So many times we don't go before our king. We'll complain. We'll find all the things wrong. We'll, we'll, this is the thing that most human humanity loves to do, is point at somebody else and find fault with someone else to make yourself feel good. You see, I want you to get this. Pointing your finger of fault is never going to heal you. That's taking your own responsibility of what you need to do. What you need to do is look to the one who's for you. Amen? Look to the one who's in you. And then start to say, okay, God, what do I need to do? And this is exactly what Daniel uh, is doing. He's not complaining about the problem. 
He's not in deep despair and sorrow. They're out to kill him. I'm amazed. Daniel is such a character that's worth studying. It's amazing how he responded on so many very difficult situations. Daniel's not shouting, but he's very clear, very, very clear. He's very consistent about things. Last week, we talked about consistency. Does anybody remember what I used this ball for? Thank you. Gravity. Gravity is consistent as anything. No matter what, no matter where you are, consistent. No matter what happens, I throw this ball, it's going to come down in someone's lap. I drop the ball, it's going to come down straight. Gravity's going to pull it. David was consistent with the Lord like gravity. No matter if he was home at, at home or if he was taken, ripped out of home and placed in a foreign country, he was consistent in who he was. I think all of us need to ask ourselves, God, how consistent am I in your ways? How consistent am I really focused on you? How consistent do I run to you? How consistent, Lord, do I end up taking the reins instead of giving you the reins? Oh, here's a big one. How consistent are you to just allow God to work it out in his timing? How many know that we want everything yesterday? Hello. How consistent are you in reaching the one? Are you reaching your one? If this one in this bowl is important to you, what have you been doing? You can't say, oh, let's pick out a name here. You can't say, you, you can't say, I'm not going to say this name because everybody doesn't know who this one is. I'm, I'm not going to say uh, this, this. I'm going to say Tony. I'm not going to say Tony. I, I really care for him. I really do. You do? Yeah, I do. What, do, you do. what have you done? What have you done to be consistent, to show the love of the Lord? I don't want to share this because I don't want to pick on one person. <laughs> I was hoping to get a name that no one really knows. You know what this name is? Everybody want to know? Of course you do. Curiosity. It's really important for you and I to be consistent. David was consistent at home or in a foreign place. And now he's consistent even in tough times. I don't know about you. But you and I need to be consistent in our actions. Amen? Oh, come on now. Amen? Amen. Every day is a new day with no mistakes. You can't complain about tomorrow or the, or the things you did last week or whatever. You have a new day, and let's all try to do, be our best for the best because he's given us his spirit to be able to do all things. It really helps me out. Daniel wants time to pray to God. He goes before the king and says, God, King, give me some time. The second thing, other than consistent, is that Daniel finds himself... Can you help me, guys? Daniel finds himself being persistent now. And this is something where we all don't, are not very persistent. In Daniel chapter 2, 16, at this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Daniel didn't have this, oh, well, that's it, we're doomed. He didn't quit. 
Why is it sometimes we quit in the midst when God's going to do the best thing in us? We just give up because it's, it's hard. It's hard, Pastor. It's hard. There's so many things in life that's hard. But he didn't just quit. Well, a decree is out. That's it. I'm a dead man. No, he persists to find out what is God going to do. Find out a way. Persist. You don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. Win is never quit, and quit is never win. Someone say, praise the Lord. I don't want you to quit. People quit so easily when it's tough. And they never get to see what God's going to do. I, I have seen it over and over and over again. When things get tough or emotions get high or even low, it's just so easy for people to just quit. And they don't care about the consequences of quitting. They don't care how it affects other people. They just quit. Daniel never quit in a time that it was so tough. We need to realize that the, the, the battle we're in is tough. We're, we're not from this world. Hello, our citizenship is not of this world. Amen? So why do we sometimes just give up? He didn't give up. Daniel knew that, if okay, if I, we could take this before the Lord, if we can, here he is in a strange land. Uh, they don't serve his God, uh, but he's not giving up. You know, I love the story when I, of people who don't give up and, you know, whether sometimes it's an Olympic person who's won a great, uh, a great um, couple of gold medals or whatever, and yet they, they hurt themselves, and, and yet they didn't give up through the pain. And I was thinking, as just going through some illustrations in my mind, how people never gave up. You know, I thought of Thomas Edison. How many know the story of Thomas Edison, right? I mean, Thomas Alva Edison, I mean, he has 1,903 patents. He was an inventor and an inventor. However, in the light bulb, even though the phonograph and the first movie camera uh, that he created, awesome, but in this light bulb, over 2,000 times failed. And everybody focused on his failure. One reporter came up to him and says, how does it feel to fail 2,000 times? He said, fail? I didn't fail 2,000 times. He said, I look at every failure as, 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 a, an, uh, as information. He said, I learned that one element would not make a light bulb. That's not failure. That's success. His own, his own person who worked with him was discouraged after working a whole year and having no, nothing, no element that there could be a light bulb. Said the same to, to him. He's like, we worked a whole year. We got nothing to show for it. Nothing. We learned how many elements cannot be used as a light bulb. You see the different thinking? We sometimes think so different, but we don't see it right in front of us. Sometimes you can see a lot of things from a failure. When I was in school, I failed a lot. I didn't like school. And if it wasn't for my trade, I would have probably quit school, but my dad would have killed me, literally. So that kept me in school. So I finally passed in my trade school, and I did exceptionally well in my trade, but in my academics, I cheated my whole life from junior high school to high school. I cheated in my academics. Her fault. The last four years are her fault. No, it isn't. He helped. She helped a lot. And I usually get, always get the plus. She get the A, I get the A+. Plus. Sometimes she just said, they don't expect that kind of work from you. I said, you're absolutely right. 
But yet when God saved me, he put me back in the school. Something I did not ask for. How many years later? 10, 12 years later? Just finished my doctorate. I, I, I just want you to understand something. If you don't quit, you'll win. You can find excuses, you can blame people, but you've got to take the bull by the horns and understand that David did not just quit in the midst where his life was on the line. And he, God made a way where there seemed to be no way, but God's looking for a vessel to be obedient and listen. And David, go ahead and see the king. And the king, listen to this, the king gave him time, but he didn't want to give the old enchanters and all those any more time. Interesting, isn't it? How the king was willing to give David time. Someone take God's favor. I, I want you, uh, I need somebody here. Um, I need somebody. Somebody that would be, uh, um, hey, uh, Jimmy, come up here, Jimmy. I'm going to have Jimmy. How many of you have ever um, need to be persistent to win? How many have ever gone to a, a carnival to play a game before? Anybody? Okay. And how many know that playing these games can be really tough? And so we're going to pretend today that you're going to learn persistent. Okay, I want you to stand right over here. You can stand anywhere you want, okay? And I want you to try to take these 10 balls. I was going to give him 100, but I didn't think you guys wanted to stay the whole time. See how persistent he was. I'm going to give you 10 balls, and I want to see. I'll get you a little closer. Come a little closer. We'll give you a little bit there. That's good. You like that? Do you think you can do this? Probably, I love it. All right. Come on. Here's your 10 balls right there. I'll hold it for you. I'll give you one by one. And okay, cheer them on now. Come on. Let's see. Come on. Come on. Let's see what happens. You've got to be persistent in this. Okay, come on. Whoa. 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 Come on. You can do it. Be persistent. Keep going, man. Aim, aim, focus. Don't give up. Come on, you can do this. Come on. Oh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> wait. But the reality, the reality, though, is that if you want to get that in and you're persistent, you say, Go ahead, give me those balls. I'm going to get this thing. I'm not going home until it's done. That's persistent. That's persistent. Now, I know what you guys are thinking right now. After service, you're going to try this, aren't you? <laughs> Jimmy, be persistent. And if you don't quit, you're going to win. Thank you, buddy. Look what it says here in Daniel. Daniel chapter 2, 17. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Mehekal, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, and Daniel praised God, the God of heaven. Someone, someone say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, suppose, you, suppose you were the one that they wanted to kill you and you needed an answer. Huh? How happy would you be? Come on. Or you needed something from God and God come through. How happy would you be? You know what Daniel did? He persevered. He persisted. He didn't give up. 
he created a prayer meeting. He got his friends together, and they said, let's, let's really pray, and let's ask God to speak to us. That's right. And you know, so many times we have prayer meeting, people say, yeah, you know, it's prayer. It's only prayer meeting. You miss the most important thing. Prayer meeting is the biggest meeting. It's when you touch God Almighty and God does something in you and through you. People, we as believers in Jesus Christ have forgotten the power of the church is the power of prayer together. Lifting up holy hands and knowing to a God because he makes a way where there seems to be no way. People say, ah, it's only a prayer meeting. Oh, prayer, just a prayer meeting. You get a chance to talk to God and you just say it's a prayer meeting. Put it in perspective, saint. When you devalue a prayer meeting, you just devalue your relationship or the understanding of who God really is. I lived long enough to be around with some popular people. And when I've been around these popular people, people would scream and they would get all excited because of a person. And I'm looking and like, I know this person. <laughs> they, they're just people, hello? I don't care if a person can dunk uh, backwards and forward and, 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 you know, and they pay them millions of dollars to put a basketball inside or, or a football. That's just a gifting they do. But they're just as important as a person who will play your plumbing in your house. Amen? Matter of fact, I'll take a plumber. You see, as people get all excited because of what people do, I want to say get something more excited. Get excited and be persistent about the things that God can do through you. Daniel got a prayer meeting together with all his friends, and, and God answered them. I just want you to look at this, this prayer of excitement. Daniel said, praise be the God of heaven, and said, praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changed times and seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and the hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness. The light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God, my Father. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Wow. God, can you believe that? That here we are, and God will answer your prayer? Uh, people say to me, oh, I've heard this so many times, Pastor, God don't answer my prayer. The first thing I want to say, well, how good a communication do you have? Do you just go to him just when you're in trouble? Do you call that a relationship? I have people who call my phone, but the only time they call my phone is because they want something. Other than that, I don't hear from them. Hello? You got somebody in your family? The only time they call you is because they need something? Hello? As soon as you answer, you already know it's not saying, you know. It's always, I want you to understand something. You got you to have a relationship. It's about relationship. When you have a relationship with God on a continuous basis, you have something wonderful takes place. But you got to put the time in, amen? Do you know there's approximately 450 answered prayer in the scriptures. God's always answering prayer. But the, pre the problem is, is that we don't go to God, and when we need something with God, we expect God to answer it because we finally go to him. That's not relationship. Just want to let you know, not relationship. 
Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Watch this now. And he rewards those who earnestly, watch the word, seek him. Let's, let's go on to the R. Resistance to setbacks and to those who may tell you you can't do it. I want you to get this. The astronomers in verse 10 and 11 the astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great or mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. What the king asked is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they don't live among men. Here's the problem. They had the wrong resource. These individuals have the wrong resource. You have the right resource, don't you? God's on your side. You have the right resource. That's what makes everything different. The astrologers didn't. They couldn't do this thing because they didn't have the resource. Daniel saw it from a whole different perspective. How many have ever had setbacks before? You had a setback. When you had a setback, how did it feel? It feels lousy, right? You feel like you're going backwards and forward. You feel like you're in a struggle. You have a setback. You got obstacles. What happens to your faith during those times is a big, big deal. It's okay to have a moment. Someone say a moment. Okay. I tell people all the time when you have some type of setback, it's okay to have a moment. Or all of a sudden you kind of lose your directions a little bit. But then there's got to be a moment, another moment where all of a sudden you bounce back to what you know, who you know. Problems and obstacles. We face, will produce faith and raise up testimonies if we let God into the situation. This is really important. Look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 24. Then Daniel went to Arioch from the king and approached, he appointed the one who appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon and said to him, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles of Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, I like this. Daniel, listen to how he answers. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain it to the king, the mystery he has asked about. But... There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown the king Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come, your dream and your vision that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. Wow. God is revealing these things to a man who is willing to stand up, stand out, be consistent, persistent in his faith, and resistant to all of the obstacles he was facing to believe God. And God listened to him in the prayer meeting, as well as the other three friends of his. So that being said, what can we learn from that? How fast do we run to prayer? How fast do we tell one of our prayer partners, someone we know is going to pray for you, please, please, can I encourage you? Don't call people who just want to know your information. Don't call people who just want to know what's going on. Call people who are really going to pray for you. You know, when you tell them, you're, tell them they're going to really pray for you. Why? Because they really care for you. Find out 
the people who really care for you and really put them on your 911. Everybody should have a spiritual 911. Hey, listen, I went to God. I'm already done with God. I'm going to reach out to you. This is where I'm at. Hey, listen, can we talk for a moment? Everybody should have a 911 in the spiritual realm. Go upward and then outward. Amen? Don't get me going. When believers choose to walk with God in the tough times, it really shows our faith. Anybody can have faith in the good times. You know, we've had some tragedies in our life and stuff. And in the midst of the tragedies, in the midst of the things that have been very difficult, we have to recognize who reigns and who rules. And where his peace reigns, he rules. And we get the chance to see now in the long term of what God has done and is doing. Daniel was resistant to the setbacks. The astrologer is saying, nobody could give an answer to this. Nobody. Well, they didn't know the resource Daniel had. Daniel made such a huge, can't get into it now, but Daniel made such a huge impact. One life made such an impact in the whole country, the whole establishment of Babylon, which links even to, even to the wise men that came to Jesus that day, linked all the way to them. It's amazing how one man made such a big difference. You too can make such a big difference. Let me do this. I debated this and I said, I'm going to do it. This dream is such a big dream and something you need to study. We're going to be doing the book of Revelation this year. And um, this dream talks about everything that's taken place until Jesus comes back. This is the dream. As you were lying there, O king, my mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed me what you were going, what was going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than any other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you, you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of it, of the statue, was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. And while you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue of its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron and clay and the bronze and the silver and the gold were broken into pieces at the same time and became like chaff as a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. That's powerful scripture right there. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now it will, I will interpret it to you, king. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Whatever they, wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of the gold. After you, another kingdom will rise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, bronze will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, 
for iron breaks and smashes everything, and as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all, all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and the toes were partly baked of clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom, yet it will have some strength from the iron in it, even as you saw the iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In that time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be let to another people. It will be crushed it will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold of pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true. The interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering of incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, watch this now, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Someone say God's favor. God who has giftings in his church for you and I. But we need to understand that this whole dream talks about a future. There's a future. God's planning things. When one is committed, they're going to be connected. If you're going to be committed to God in 2024, then you've got to get connected to God. You can't say I'm committed to God and not connected. It doesn't happen. That's like saying I'm a light, but I'm not going to plug into the electrical socket. Being committed is the first step from a choice to being connected. One who is connected is going to be consistent in our actions. Just like Daniel was consistent in his actions because he was connected and he was committed to his God. And if you're going to be consistent, then you're going to carry out the commands and the work of the Lord. That's exactly what CPR living is. It's living life differently. I don't know about you, but God wants us to live life differently. Amen? And we can't be thumb but people who just, well, you know, I want it easy. Sometimes it's not easy. Was it easy, to go, easy for Jesus to go to the cross? How was it? No. And let's get, really this year, let's get resolved in our hearts that, to be people that are going to be consistent and persistent and resistant. Let's be people who are going to be committed so we get connected. And if we get committed and connected, then all of a sudden we can do what God wants us to do because God has plans for us. Can you stand to your feet? It's not easy to do the right thing. It's always easy when you know it's the right thing to do. When you put our hands to a plow, if we were plowing something and... Um, I love the analogy of putting your hands to the plow. Jesus says those who put their hands to the plow and yet turns back with are not fit for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That God wants you all in. 
It's like you having surgery, brain surgery. You want that doctor to be all in, amen? We want that doctor on his phone? Oh, wait a minute, I got to take this. See, the reality is God wants us all in. It's called commitment. Sometimes we want God to do so much, but we often do so little. I would just say the opposite. Why don't you don't see what God can do for you, but just live our lives of doing everything for God. Because we're always asking God, what can you do for us? It's not what God can do for us. It's really saying, God, what can we do for you? Ezekiel 32 talks about God look for a man to be able to stand in the gap, to be able to build a wall so he would not bring judgment upon the people, but he could find nobody. I've had that on my wall for years now, and every year, every year, every day, I see it in front of me, and it reminds me, I'm like, God, I do not want, I want to be available. Available, God. I, I want you to be able to look, if you need somebody, and I can do it, here I am. Isaiah said, send me. He was sending them to a very difficult situation. Jeremiah, very, very difficult situation. God may call you to do something tough. But greater is he that's in you, amen? He's going to empower you. Let's pray. Father, I just ask right now that you would help each heart to resolve within our hearts. Resolve within our hearts that they want you to change them by the power of your Holy Spirit. That, Lord, they would be consistent. I pray right now by your Holy Spirit you would speak to each heart here on areas in their life that they need to be consistent in. Consistent in prayer consistent in reading your scripture, consistent in studying, consistent in attending the local assembly, consistent in attending small groups, consistent in loving strangers, consistent in being kind. Lord, whatever that is, I pray right now that you would just remind them what area in you they need to be consistent in. Second, Lord, Help them what area they need to be persistent. What area do they end up quitting when it gets tough? What area sometimes, Lord, they say, get someone else to do this? Lord, what areas in their life do they end up, Lord, not being persistent, not pursuing it? And Lord, in the area of being resistant, when struggles come, when the winds do blow, when things don't happen the way we expect them, God, I pray right now that you put a fortitude in their hearts, God, to know with you, you are majority. And so, Father, not to quit. Not get the vocabulary of quit out of, their, out of their thoughts. And, Lord, that they would say all things are possible. And see what you're going to work in the midst. Father, I pray right now. If God has spoken something to your life, raise your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Right where you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Father, I pray that you would speak to each heart as they desire change. And I pray, right, God, that you would do a work in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, can we just give him some praise? Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.